this Tuesday, April 11th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. The NBA play-in tourney begins tonight. And the Rays make it 10 in a row. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Play and start without Rudy Gobert. And the Tampa Bay Rays stay unbeaten 10-0 to start the season. What is the Vegas lead, Scott? I think it has to be the NBA. We're, we're, it's upon us. It's not quite the playoffs, but it's uh, it's games that really matter now, but, right? But I, can we call I know we can't say it's the playoffs, but it is the postseason. True. Like, Major yeah. League Baseball doesn't call it the playoffs. They call it the postseason. So why can't we just say this is the NBA postseason? We can. It's just that extra syllable throws me off. The play-in tournament. The play-in tournament. At least we're not calling it, like, the first four. That's true. And that, they, should just, they should play these games in Dayton. I, that, I mean, that's actually not a bad idea. <laughs> so we have two games tonight, doubleheader on TNT. The Hawks and the Heat in the Eastern Conference 7-8 game. And the Timberwolves and the Lakers in the Western Conference 7-8 game. The bigger story between these two games is obviously the Timberwolves and the Lakers. First off, LeBron James and the Lakers, who have the best record in the NBA since the All-Star break. Despite massive injuries, all you know, they've been impressive. Yep, they have a really good chance to get into the playoffs with a win here tonight, and they will be facing a shorthanded Timberwolves team after it was announced that Rudy Gobert has been suspended for this game as a result of the incident that occurred during the final game of the regular season in which he um, took a swing at a teammate. We can't call it a punch. Yeah. Took a swing at a teammate. I thought it was funny that you said shorthanded because he'll also be without Jaden McDaniels, who broke his hand punching a wall in in a win over the Pel- – I'm not sure what he was so angry about, but either way, he won't be there for this playoff game either. So shorthanded, broken-handed, uh, Timberwolves – are gonna they're gonna need some help, and Mackenzie Rivers, our NBA expert, of course, is in with us this morning. Uh, how what's the impact of no Gobert? Like obviously, we talked in uh, the winners only group chat yesterday when when it was announced that he was going to be suspended for this game. That I said, wow, at least they didn't overpay for him, which they definitely definitely did overpay sure. for him. But him being out, what's the impact on this Wolves team? Well, I've seen this line move more than I would have thought. It was six and a half. Now it's eight painted everywhere. So Gobert's an interesting character where at one point with the Utah Jazz, he was worth like three or four points to the line, just completely different lineup. He doesn't really have that role with the Timberwolves. In fact, Carl Anthony Towns is probably going to be able to flex his wings a little bit more on offense without him. So we've seen the total tick up a little bit without his absence, but... I think the market's probably a little bit of Lakers premium, a little bit of, you know, it's the good storyline betting on the Lakers here and against the team with the turmoil. But I don't think at this point in his Wolves career, he's worth one and a half points to the line. But point of order, Scott Seidenberg. Now, this is the Lakers premium that I'm talking about. You said they had the best record in the all since the All-Star break, the L.A. Lakers. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at it right here. The Milwaukee Bucks, 17-7, and seven, slightly edge out 
the LA Lakers at 16 and 7, is they just get a little bit of extra. <clears throat> close, they get a little bit more love from the media types, the New Yorkers out here just looking for that sexy storyline. LeBron James, I get it. I get it. You know, but they're uh, second best. This was, uh, it's because the Bucks. Well, I guess the Bucks lost in the final game of the regular season. All right. Uh, it's because you heard it. And ob- you objection, it. <laughs> objection sustained. All right. All right. Lakers <laughs> a half game worse than the Milwaukee Bucks since the All-Star break. But no denying that this team is destined for the playoffs. As far as the spread goes for this game, Mac, eight points. The Lakers are now favored over the Timberwolves. Is that true? Even without Gobert, even shorthanded, it would seem like in a game that is of this utmost importance, that's a little too big of a number. It is to me. I mean, two and a half points for home court advantage. Maybe we bump that up to three or three and a half in the best of spots. I'm not sure uh, Staples Center or Crypto Arena is the best of spots for that raucous home crowd like a Kings or a Utah might be. But let's just give it three and a half. You're still four and a half points away. These were even teams considered by the market just a couple weeks ago. Yeah, up arrow on the Lakers, down arrow on the Timberwolves. I don't see a five-point gap between the two teams, though. Yeah, I think if I were to play this game, it's honestly taking the points with the Timberwolves. And I don't think they're going to win, but I think keeping it within eight is reasonable. I think they're going to play hard defensively. Now, the one concern I guess you could have, and tell me if this makes sense, guys, is that because the loser of this game will have another game to play on Thursday, right? Right. And that will be at home to try and get into the playoffs against the winner of Wednesday's Thunder Pelicans game. If you are losing late, do you, and I mean like real late within like the final minute or so, do you play the foul game? Do you, do you have the intensity to try and, you know, take, get a miracle comeback or do you chalk it up and just say, we got to go home. Let's get it. Or let's say you're down 10 in the fourth quarter. Do you give it, you're all to try and come back or do you just say all right guys we got a game to win on thursday i think you have a lot to risk as the seventh seed and these games have been played close to the vest uh so it's two years in a row that we've had this uh playing style tournament four and oh to the under is a seven eight matchup with a you know, a six-point margin. It's wow. It's been pretty close to the vest. None of these have been that close. I was going to say, and, and the games have been the games last year certainly were close. There was like one blowout game in the opening round. It was the Hawks over the Hornets. But uh, other than that, it was like everything was single digits. Uh, and that's one thing I noticed last season. There was really one high-scoring game. It was that Hawks-Hornets game where the total got up or the total hit two thirty-five. Yeah. Other than that, it's like everything's under two twenty. Yeah, so, day one playing games, seven and one to the under. Yeah. So that's it, seven, eight, and eight, nine. It's nine, ten. I mean, it seems like this is the start of playoff basketball. Like, and, and we're obviously, we, we know that the intensity, defensive intensity certainly picks up mm-hmm. in the playoffs. It seems like that's when it typically starts, as in this, uh, this seven, eight matchup. So, total here, 231 and a half for the Lakers and the Timberwolves, and 226 and a half. For the Hawks and the Heat. So you like under in both games, right, Mac? Uh, I lean that way. Uh, I would say I usually like to pick a team and go with their team total. That way I get the best of both worlds. Mm, okay. So picking on a team that maybe is going to lose their game and you think they're not going to score. Yeah, so I like the yeah. Timberwolves to cover, but I like the under as well. So Lakers team total here makes sense to me. And, and I know yesterday you said you like the you like the Hawks to upset the Heat outright. You've got to love the Hawks catching some points here, right? I do. I don't know. I, I did buy... Um, or consult with some uh, pregame pros, uh, you know, share some information. And a lot of people on the Heat 
It makes sense from a matchup perspective out of the last 13 games, 10-3 and three straight up, 9-4 and four ATS are the Heat. But like I said yesterday, this is why you got DeJounte Murray. This is the experiment. This is the end hypothesis test of the two-point guard experiment. If one team is able to get around that trap, it should be this team. And I think uh, you know, after getting punched in the mouth a couple times, I still lean to the Hawks. But it's difficult to play them with this uh, matchup history. Well, is it possible that you'd, you'd look to bet the the Miami Heat under? Since you lean that way, you lean to the under, maybe the Miami Heat team total under. Yeah, it makes sense because that, that matchup advantage that the Heat might have does not exist on the other end of the floor. What about getting cute and playing some player props? For example. Right. Rudy Gobert under. <laughs> not going to uh, be there. For example, Trey Young over 24 and a half points. Um. It's not a good matchup for him. I mean, the, the history says bet the under. Like, last mm. year in the playoffs, uh, every single time they went up against each other, or the last couple years in the playoffs, I think they played one series and one play-in game. Uh, that's been a really bad matchup for Young. It's In fact, you could bet three or four points under the total and get some plus money that's been profitable in the past. Wow. Jimmy Butler's total is 27.5 tonight. Seems like that's a little inflated. That's the thing about Jimmy Butler. He's kind of been playoff Jimmy this year, so people are like expecting this uplift. I'm not. I'm not sure he hasn't been giving a hundred percent in the regular season this year, and his numbers reflect that. Like he's already at the ceiling, right? Like, yeah, because yeah, he's yeah, been. Ha- he yeah. had to do everything for that team this year. All right. So uh, those are the t- uh, the look at the two games tonight. Timberwolves without Rudy Gobert, eight point dogs at the Lakers, and the Heat are five point favorites at home against the Hawks. The winner will be the seventh seed, which means that they will play the two seed in each conference. So in the uh, Eastern Conference, that's the, what, Boston Celtics. And in the Western Conference, the Memphis Grizzlies. Any of these teams have a chance to upset either the Celtics or the Grizzlies in, the, in a first-round matchup, Matt. Yes, the Lakers could beat the Grizzlies. That's that's an even series Uh you have a deeper team, which matters less in the playoffs, where it's a more experienced team. Yeah, the injury bug might hit the Lakers, but probably not round one. So that's that's probably bad luck if the Grizzlies end up rolling that dice. And Grizzlies, Timberwolves, you would give the Grizzlies the edge. Yes. Yes. Okay. I mean, this is the this was a closer matchup than a lot of people expected last year, but I think the Grizzlies have actually gotten better since then. I'm not sure the Timberwolves have. And the Celtics far and away the edge over both Miami and Atlanta. Yeah, and they're good matchups for them. And I mean they've done well with um in this regular season. So, yeah, I, I like both of those matchups with Boston. What, what would be the most surprising result you could see tonight? Timberwolves win up outright. Mm. Force Lakers play another game. Wouldn't, wouldn't shock me, but there's a little bit of a Hewing theory. You guys familiar with that? Where uh, A Patrick Ewing theory? Yeah, you know, the Bill Simmons. Everyone's talking about how good Rudy Gobert is, or maybe not how good, but how important he is. Maybe the guys in the locker room are like, F that. You know, let's win this without him and, and you know, you know, make it look bad for him. That, that was the old theory. Georgetown always did a lot better with Patrick Ewing not there. New York made the NBA Finals, Patrick Ewing not there. You know, the marquee guy not there. Sometimes the other players on the team respond. But on that, I mean, Rudy Gobert's not the marquee guy on that team. No. He's probably like the third biggest star on that team, all truth be told. Yeah, but, I mean, he's such a, you know, fart. You know, I, feel like, <laughs> I feel like they might rally against him anyway. Maybe Any, so. Do we think about maybe playing any D'Lo props? For maybe he takes this scheme personally. I could see it. I mean, uh, I don't know if he has the reins to take over a game, you know, with LeBron and AD out there. Uh, so I'm not sure if he has that optionality to get to get at it. 18 and a half, D'Angelo Russell's point Ooh, total. That's a high number. Mm-hmm. That is a high number. Yeah, I, I, I don't have a great feel for how these these mat these matchups are going to go, but just looking through the history of these play-in games, 
they seem to be tighter games than people expect. They seem to be lower scoring games than people expect. So uh, I, I, anything that involves an underdog or an under, uh, I would be interested in that. The Tampa Bay Rays cannot be stopped, AJ, as they beat the Red Sox 1-0 and improved to 10-0 and on the season. How about that? The Red Sox throw a good pitcher, and and they say, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna hold you down. You've been kicking ass, scoring runs. Not today, friends. One run. We'll see what you do with that. Oh, they'll just shut you out. Boston. Yeah. What uh, what a gem pitched by Nick Pavetta. Five innings, only three hits allowed. He strikes out six, but in the eighth inning, Brandon Lowe with a solo home run gave the Rays the one nothing lead, and they would hold on to win by that one nothing score. So ten and zero to start the season. And you just look around Major League Baseball. They have scored the most runs with 76. They have allowed the least amount of runs with 18. And I bet now, they've got the best run differential. That Strong. makes sense. Yeah. Exactly. yeah, yeah. They're coming off now three straight shutouts. That out of the 10 wins, four of them have been shutouts. That's crazy. This and and we keep and saying this was it. a team. They shut out a team that wasn't the Oakland A's. Yes. And we keep saying it like this this is not even at their best as far as pitching is concerned. Like, you know, Tower Glass now is gonna eventually return and and that makes this pitching staff even better, even deeper. They went with an opener today, they went with Jalen Beeks, and um it's man, it is uh it it's been really impressive. They're the first team since the nineteen eighty seven Brewers to start the major league baseball season ten and oh. And I wonder just how long is this going to go? Because you take a look at the game for tonight, and the Rays are pitching Shane McClanahan, who is off to a really good start. My son Young pick. His first start, two runs in six innings. His second start, no runs in six innings. That's a 1.5 ERA, math majors. And they will, uh, the Rays will be going up against Garrett Whitlock, who gets the start for the Red Sox. It is his 2023 season debut for Boston. Uh, you know, pitched uh, last pitched, pitched the past couple of years for the Red Sox. Last year, Whitlock, a 3-4-5 ERA in nine starts, 31 appearances, nine starts. He was 4-2 and two with a 3-4-5 ERA and uh, had a little bit of an injury that he was dealing with. Yeah, coming off of a hip injury, so he made a, a rehab start uh, in double A, something tells me the Tampa Bay Rays are a little bit better than whatever double A team he was pitching against. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to the well. I saw this morning that a good amount of money and a good amount of bets are coming in on Boston, and I guess in a way I get it. They're ten and zero. They gotta lose sometime. You, you know, when you told me that, that's what I'm thinking of. I'm thinking that people are just. It's almost like Martingale. You know, sure. the system. Like I think people are just gonna continue right now at this point to just bet against the Rays every game because they're eventually going to lose. Sure. Like, I gave out I gave out the Rays team total la- yesterday on pregame.com. It was a loser because they only scored one run. But in my write-up, I said, the Rays are going to lose a game, and today might be the day. And the it Rays almost, are and it they're probably going to lose at least, like, 50 or 60 games. Yeah, exactly. So I think that what you're going to see is there's going to be the money percentage is going to be overwhelming against them because I think at this point people are just going to bet against the Rays until they lose. So they're going to fade them until their ticket is a winner. Because at this point, 
We're talking about a historic start to the season. Sure. They're going to lose a game. It's not, it's not gonna, they're not gonna start the season 15 and 0. It's I, just they're I gonna agree. lose. I agree. Uh but and you're gonna get plus money in a lot of these games. So honestly, it's probably not a bad idea to just be betting against them every you day. You can get better than plus one sixty betting Boston a day. I, I bet Tampa minus one and a half. I bet them on the run line plus one twenty. Um it feels to me like this pitching matchup. This, it, it, yes, you're right. They're going to lose. I don't think they. I don't think they lose their first start with McClanahan on the hill. He's a strikeout per inning right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, the the Red Sox looked lost yesterday against way lesser pitching than what they'll see today. Yeah. Uh, and I, I don't know what Whitlock can give him. I don't know if Whitlock's, you know, built for four or five innings here. Remember, this is a guy who's been a relief pitcher in his career. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't expect him to go the long haul. So uh, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a swing at plus money and give up the run line, Tampa Bay minus one and a half. Not going to take Rays in the first five? No. Nope. Go with the full game? I'm going to go full game. Okay. All right, well, Tampa Bay. I, I mean, I, I've got one of the best bullpens in baseball. Why not yeah. take advantage of it? You know? Second best bullpen this year in 2023 in baseball, the Tampa Rays. Uh, second only to the Milwaukee Brewers right now through the early part of this season. So the Rays win. They improved to 10-0, and 0, uh, and the numbers are just staggering. Like, the, the advanced numbers, obviously. You're 10-0, and 0 and you're coming off three straight shutouts. All your advanced numbers are going to be great. But their expected stats, weighted runs created, uh, lowest K rate in the, in the league, the first five scoring average through the roof. So there's a lot to love about this Tampa Rays team. Also yesterday, we had a little bit of history, not just the Rays winning. Sandy Alcantara, the reigning National League Cy Young Award winner, got tattooed. For nine runs. I don't think he's going to be pitcher of the month. I don't think so. <laughs> uh, he became, or that be- nine runs is the most allowed by a reigning Cy Young Award winner since Max Scherzer allowed 10 runs in June of 2014. <laughs> it's been that long since a reigning Cy Young Award winner has had a game in which he allowed this many runs. The Phillies blow out the Marlins. 15-3, and if it ain't Sandy Day, I don't know if there's going to be many days you want to be a part of this Marlins team. Yeah, it, when, that's one of those, it's like Dylan Cease Day in, in mm-hmm. Chicago. If that day goes bad, yep. you might as well forget about it. It's the Angels last year. Otani pitches. Day. If yeah. you lose on Otani pitching day, yeah. oh, you probably aren't going to win again until the next Otani pitching day. So, yeah, that's not a good sign for Miami. Speaking of uh, Dylan Cease Day, the White yeah! Sox do win Winner. on Dylan Cease Day. He improves to 2-0 on the season with a 1-6-5 ERA. Doesn't go over his strikeout prop. The prop was 7.5, so he doesn't get there. He only has six strikeouts in this game. Uh, the game does go under yes! if you got the closing line value. And if you listen to the show. If you listen to the show when AJ gave it out at seven and a half, that is a winner. The game finished four to three. Not never in doubt. If you were <laughs> if you were late to the party and it closed at seven, you got yourself a push. There's now, worse things in life. Yeah. To me, and I bet And by the way, it was shoddy defense that even made this close yes, to a push. The White Sox defense is just horrendous. And I had the first five innings under. And I thought it was good because I, I got it at four, got a little closing line value, closed at three and a half, much like the game total dropped down from seven and a half to seven. And uh, Hansel, Hanser Alberto 
cost me the first five under because with uh, two outs and bases loaded, he could not come up with a ground ball to get out of the inning. In the third. That, that allowed the Twins to score a run. But then, like, he made up for it with his teammates by hitting a three-run bomb in the next inning, <laughs> uh, but not good for the for the first five under as that made it four to one. And then Dylan Cease gave up a couple of runs thanks to shoddy defense once again. As uh, that uh, one earned run for Dylan Cease. That's what I'm saying. The the the, the defense is going to be an issue for the White Sox all season long. So uh, Dylan Cease wins on Dylan Cease Day. Congratulations. Celebrate soon. Celebrate Dylan Cease Day. Max Scherzer Day. What a rebound from Max Scherzer, who had a bad first two starts to the season, but responded by throwing five innings of shutout baseball against the uh, San Diego Padres as the Mets pick up a 5 nothing win over the Padres. Scherzer, in his uh, five shutout innings, struck out six, only allowed one hit. One hit? That's all we got was one bleeping hit? One hit allowed. That is what you call a bounce-back performance from Scherzer and a play that I gave out because it was the Sunday night baseball fade. Yes! The Sunday night baseball travel fade is now 2-0 and on the season as the Padres played in Atlanta on Sunday night, then had to travel to New York, get in at all whatever wee hours of the morning, probably a little sleepy, rubbing the eyes when they get to the ballpark yesterday, and they get one hit by Max Scherzer. So thank you. Sunday Night Baseball fade is now off to a 2-0 and start. We'll see you next week, people. <laughs> so that's the road team on Sunday Night Baseball that we fade the next day. No, it could be the home team. It depends. Whichever team travels. Whichever team travels. Yeah, right. just, so Braves stayed at home. The Braves stayed at home. They didn't cover the run line, but they ended up getting the Yeah, game. but it didn't, the Braves stayed at home, so I didn't want anything to do right, with that. Right, it's right. only the teams that have to travel after playing on Sunday night. And sometimes that's both teams. Sometimes both teams leave and then play. And also, if they don't play on Monday, it's not a fade. Right, yeah. It's they have to be playing. They have a whole day to day. check those texts. Yeah, exactly. So it's all you on TV. Check their mail. It's it's <laughs> it's, it's when you play on Sunday night. And then the game ends at what? Uh, let's see, start 8, 9, 10, 10, 30, 11 o'clock Eastern time. You shower, you get out of there. You're finally on the plane by midnight. Then you take a two-hour flight somewhere or a three-hour flight. You're checking into your hotel at like 3.30 in the morning. By the time you get to sleep, you're only on like four or five hours of sleep before you go to the ballpark for your batting. Or maybe you're, maybe the manager cancels batting practice that day, which is another good thing to fade the team because they're not like warmed up. when You know, it's just there's a lot that goes into it. It was profitable last year. It's profitable now this season, 2-0. Undefeated. Undefeated. Never lost. <laughs> <laughs> Elsewhere on the board uh, last night, I don't know how many times this has happened. And I don't know how many times it's going to happen again, but Mike Trout and Shohei Otani combined to go 0 for 8. Those guys suck. In the Angels' 6-4 loss to the Nationals. It was Patrick Corbin day, and the Angels still lost. Man, now they what scored. Do you, what do you do? They scored four runs against him. Which, if you listen to, uh, to four, this, that should have been like the first th- first two innings. If you listen to the podcast yesterday, it was the first two innings they scored. First <laughs> oh, three innings. I told you. Team total in the first five innings because they're going to score off of Patrick Corbin. And they did. They scored four runs in three innings off of him. But uh, they gave it all right back and some, and they just couldn't do anything off a very bad Nationals bullpen. And like I said, Mike Trout striking out 
three times and and going 0 for 5. Otani going 0 for 3. Not a good night for the Angels lineup. A great night for Zach Gowan. My dude, my uh, Cy Young pick in the National League, who struggled early on in the first couple of starts of the season. Seven shutout innings, three hits, 11 strikeouts as the Diamondbacks blank the Brewers 3-0. I'm starting to think the Diamondbacks are pretty legit. They seem like they're, they're, they are, they're a good team. They're competent, yes. Yeah, I, they're, they're, I, mean, I would they're say maybe team, better than competent. Well, they're not going to make the playoffs. Okay. But they are going to finish third in that division. Okay, behind L.A. and San Diego. Yes. Yeah, I was going to say they're better than the Giants. They're better sure. than the Giants, yes. So I I don't know I, I could see I could see them finding a way to make the they playoffs. got a lot of young talent they really do and the pitching staff is is good if they can just the problem is it's like free agents you're not going to sign anybody so you, you're going to have to really build up through the minor league system and what they have started to do is the guys that they have traded away you know and and have gotten um, you know have gotten assets for that's what's helped build them up yeah. And so they, they, I mean, they have a rookie of the year candidate in, in Corbin Carroll. He's the guy who everyone's been, um, been talking about as a possible, uh, you know, rookie of the year here. Um, so five to one available right now to make the playoffs, Arizona Diamondbacks. The no is minus 650. Yeah. I don't know if I can do it. Even with the extra wild card, uh, I don't know if I can, if I can say, I don't think they're going to make Not the playoffs. This Not this year. Um, so yeah, they have, this is a, a pretty good team, you know, the Diamondbacks. Just imagine, like, if they still had Paul Goldschmidt, yeah. you know, who they had a couple of years ago. But, I mean, they but got— they don't have a bunch of this young talent if they still have Paul Goldschmidt. Well, they got—I mean, the only guys that they really have from that trade is uh, is Carson Kelly, who is the, their catcher, but he's on the IL. So, like, Carson Kelly is really the only one um, that's still there. And then I guess they did get a pick in one of the drafts. So I don't know who wound up being that pick in that draft. So that would be interesting to find out who that draft pick was that the Diamondbacks got in 2019. Um, it's uh, yeah, that would be interesting. But I think the trade was for Carson Kelly and like Luke Weaver or whatever. But uh, and the draft pick. But Diamondbacks are they're going to be feisty. Let's take a look at what we got on the board tonight: Yankees and Guardians. Garrett Cole against Hunter Gaddis. Hunter Gaddis with a 3.72 ERA through his first two starts of the season. He gave up four runs in five innings in a game that I faded him against the Mariners in his first start. But then six shutout innings in his second start. But that was against Oakland. Mm. I think, AJ, I think your boy Jake can throw six shutout innings against Oakland. Uh, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> like, everyone shuts out the Oakland A's. Um, so Hunter Gaddis goes up against the Yankees and Garrett Cole, who Garrett Cole is off to a Cy Young season. There's a lot of doubts about Garrett Cole coming into this year. Like, there's a lot of people saying, oh, maybe the Yankees, maybe it's another bad Yankees investment. And Well, maybe Garrett. Good start to the season. Maybe Garrett Cole. Last year, I think, was, and no one will admit it. Certainly no one around Garrett Cole will admit it. But I think the crackdown on the sticky stuff certainly impacted Garrett Cole. Hell yeah, it did. Yeah. I mean, the numbers speak for itself. Like, the spin rate was down, you know, the, the, the velocity and Velocity has always been there, but the spin rate is really what people target when you're talking about the sticky stuff, the grip on the baseball. But through two starts, hard to argue with anybody that's been better than Garrett Cole in Major League Baseball. 12 and a third innings pitched, 
He's only allowed six hits, one run, 19 strikeouts on the season. Yankees are favored in this game, a rightful favorite in this game, minus 165. The Orioles will host the A's. It'll be Grayson Rodriguez making his second major league start, and he was decent in his first start against Texas against Kyle Muller. You know, he struck out 20 guys in a row in 24. High 24 in a row yeah, in yeah, high school. In a straight. row? In yeah, a row? That's right. Wow. Wow. Fun fact. Yeah. Uh, Baltimore minus 195, total eight and a half. Astros at the Pirates. Christian Javier against Mitch Keller. Houston minus 178. You mentioned the Rays and the Red Sox. You're going to ride the Rays here. Shane McClanahan, Garrett Whitlock, Rays minus 190. Marlins at the Phillies. Aaron Nola against Jesus Lazardo. Lazardo off to a great start this season. In his first two uh, outings, Garrett Cole-esque. 12 and two-thirds innings pitched, seven hits, one run, 15 strikeouts for Luzardo. So if you think the Marlins might bounce back, maybe take a look at that one there. The Tigers at the Blue Jays. Toronto, a heavy favorite. It's Matt Manning Day. It is Matt Manning yeah. Day. Yeah. Alex Manoa against Matt Manning. Total is eight and a half. It is the home opener for the Toronto Blue Jays at Rogers Center, the newly remodeled, if you will, Rogers Center. They, they put it, they, they did a little thing to the dimensions. They put a nice little thing in center field. They, they spruced up the ballpark a little bit. Yeah. Still want to get one of those hotel rooms, though, that look that looks over the field. Why do you want to do that? That would be pretty cool. Do you want to make love while you watch a game? <laughs> I want the players to. I want the watch, option want, to. Maybe the players, do they want to play a game while watching me? Maybe, I mean, maybe that's, that's the question. That's an interesting play, too. <laughs> Double header. Uh, the Padres at the Mets. It's David Peterson against uh, Ryan Weathers for the Padres. I think they're now going to be uh, a little more rested, and 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 this would not be the you know fading the Padres. But Mets are minus one forty-five total of nine. Reds at the Braves. Luis Sessa goes for the Reds, and welcome to twenty twenty-three. Kyle Wright making his season debut for the Atlanta Braves. Atlanta minus 220. Kyle Wright last season, a 21-5 and record with that's, a 3.19 ERA. That's good. Yeah, that's very, very good. White Sox at the Twins. It's Lance Linday against Pablo Lopez. Lance Linday is not necessarily a good thing anymore. Nope, but Pablo Lopez, listen to his start as we uh, we talk about Lazardo and Garrett Cole. Pablo Lopez, 12 and a third innings pitched this season. Only five hits allowed. One run, 16 strikeouts. I think Minnesota is the way to go here in this game. That's interesting. Minnesota minus 138. Yeah. Yeah, I don't mind that either. It's, I mean, especially watching the, the White Sox kick the ball around. White Sox there. defense stinks. Lance and Lynn's it's not, not good. It's not Dylan Cease day. it's not Dylan Cease day. Oof. Yeah. Pablo Man. Lopez and the Twins get the job done. This may have to be a playoff, so I may have to add. I'll, I'll have it. Uh, Chris Flexen goes for the Mariners against the Cubs and... Hayden Wesneski. That's not a real name. That's a fake. That's yeah. a made-up person. Yep. Chicago minus 115, total of nine and a half. Royals at the Rangers. Jordan Lyles against Jacob DeGrom. It's DeGrom Day in Texas. And I think playing a first five under could be the lean here. Lean. Lean. Could be the lean here. DeGrom bounced back nicely after his uh, not-so-great first start. Only two runs in six innings with 11 strikeouts. 
against Baltimore in his second start. So DeGrom feeling himself here as uh, the Rangers will take on the Royals there in Texas. Cardinals at the Rockies. Don't look now. The Rockies are stealing wins from people, huh? They've won two straight games, scoring seven runs in both games. And the Rockies will uh, look to make it three straight with Kyle Freeland on the mound, who has not allowed a run this season. 12 and two-thirds innings, seven hits, only six strikeouts. He's not getting a lot of strikeouts. But Kyle Kyle Freeland has not allowed a run this season. I'm going to go out on a limb here. He, he allows a run here? He allows a run in this game. I think you're right. Yeah. Miles Michaelis goes, though, for the Cardinals. And I, I, you know what? I got to be honest. Cardinals pitching stinks. Miles Michaelis stinks. Ooh. There's no reason why. Miles Michaelis, as a minus 170 road favorite, this is not this line, This is not a good line. The Cardinals are hitting the ball. They just they're not getting anything from their pitching. It's bad. I, I can't lay one seventy with Miles Michaels. I, I think you're I think you're right to look at the other in one. In his in his first start against Toronto in three and a third innings, Michaelis allowed five runs on ten hits. In his second start against Atlanta, in six innings, he allowed five runs on nine hits. He's given up nineteen hits in nine innings and ten earned runs. I'm sorry, the Rockies are playing good baseball right now. I think the Rockies are a play again, especially with Kyle Freeland, who hasn't given up a run this season. So you're saying he'll give up a run and they'll still win. Yeah. I I like it. And I'll tell you what I also like. Contrarian to the Miles Michaelis sucking, maybe under 11 and a half. Mm. Mm, 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 mm. Angels look to bounce back with Shohei Otani on the hill. They're minus 305. That's the biggest favorite on the board here tonight. Nationals will counter with Josiah Gray. So Otani this year, 1-0 with a .75 ERA. Is that good? I th- it seems good. I, I, I don't is know. That good? Is that is good? I don't know if it's as good as Lopez well, from Minnesota. It's- 12 innings pitched, 5 hits, 1 run, 18 strikeouts for Shohei Otani. That's, yeah. 5 that's, hits, 18 strikeouts. That's that's passable. Um I think this might be in a game where you can lay the the angels on the run line. You might be safe in this. Yeah, one. I think minus so. one forty five. I think I think you might be safe in this one. Uh, the Diamondbacks will host the Brewers. Merrill Kelly against Corbin Burns. Milwaukee minus one forty. And this is another one. Like this is name recognition here, and you can't make lines based on name recognition. I get it. His name is Corbin Burns. He's been one of the best pitchers in the in the in the world. I was going to say on the planet, but I said was going to say, but I said in, so it's like in the planet. I mean, I guess we all are in the planet, but we're on the planet. So that's how that came out awkwardly. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> yeah. I think we all got it. Yeah. I mean, it you was got the weird. point here. But Corbin Burns has not gotten off to a great start. It was start. mostly weird when you tried to say we are all in the planet. I didn't, I didn't like that when you tried to correct it and say technically we're in the planet. We're in the we're atmosphere. Not. Yeah, but you didn't say he's the best pitcher in the atmosphere. You said in the planet. Well, if I was going to the uh, center of Jupiter, I would just keep going because it's gaseous, right? So part of the planet is the gaseous shell in which we are all in. But Earth has a core that you can't just walk through. So you're saying because Earth has a solid core, you're being core, you're being a... Uh, and it's made of molten hot magma, so we would yeah. be, like, we'd be disintegrated even if we did. Jupiter doesn't have a surface, it's not a planet, I can't be on, I can't be on Jupiter. Don't, don't if we guys, got in the, inside the Earth, we would be melted. Don't you guys know about, like, the ancient civilization that lives inside the Earth's core? 
You know about them? Yeah, like, we all know about <laughs> Who that. Who told right? you that? Kyrie Irving? <laughs> I think Joe That's Rogan, top secret. right? <laughs> yeah. I, mean, uh, I mean, and then there's that ice wall in Antarctica with the, the whole civilization. I've heard there. about that. Yeah. Anyway, Corbin Burns made two starts this season against the Cubs and the Mets. In nine innings pitched, 11 hits, 10 runs, only six strikeouts. This isn't. This isn't the same Corbin Burns. I think he fell off the face of the earth, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the flat earth. And he should not be a minus 140 favorite on the road against this good Diamondbacks team. Uh, Dodgers at the Giants. Dustin May, not Dusty May, the head coach. Dustin May, who is also off to an incredible start this season. In 13 innings pitched, he's allowed just one run on five hits with nine strikeouts. Dustin May uh, goes for another win against Alex Wood. Of the Giants, L.A. minus 170. What a disgusting result last night for the New York Islanders on the ice. You know, I texted some people about 15 minutes before the game. I didn't give this out on pregame.com because I didn't, honestly didn't have didn't want any part of this Islanders game against the Capitals. The Islanders needed a win. It, it's it's at this point it's like must win territory unless they're not going to make the playoffs. They entered this game last night one point ahead of Pittsburgh for the final wild card spot. And Pittsburgh with two games in hand. That's what the situation was when they entered the game last night. So they had to win. I find out before the game that the Capitals were taking the ice without Alexander Ovechkin. He's good. Without TJ Oshie. Oh, he's good, too. Without Trevor Ram Van Riemsdyk. Never heard of him. I'd nope. rather have him than not have him, though. Uh, yeah, you're probably right. He is one of their top players. And without Nick Dowd, another one of their top players. And only 17 skaters, shorthanded, and without four of their best players. I sent some texts. I was like, wow, the Capitals are punting. Like They're, just, they're pulling like, the Mavericks? They're, they're punting. They, they are trying to improve their, their ping-pong ball status. Mm -hmm. They're punting. First of all, they've lost six straight games and only one win in their last ten games. Now they're not dressing four of their top players. They want Wimbyama. Clearly, <laughs> they want Wimbyama. Connor Bedard. They're not going to get him, but still. And what happens? 36 seconds into the game, the Capitals take a one nothing lead. All right, hey, it happens. All right. Okay. Let's hit the reset button. Islanders, it's only one goal. You'll long get, game. You get a long, long game. game. Long game. Not even 30 seconds later, Capitals score again. It's 2 nothing. <laughs> Lane Lambert took a timeout. I'm listening to the game, and the announcers go, I don't think I've ever seen a head coach use his timeout <laughs> a minute into the game. You need a 30. Literally, a minute and three seconds into the game, Islanders were down 2 nothing. Islanders go on to lose the game and crush their playoff chances. Mackenzie, do you have the percentage odds of them making the playoffs in front of you? Yes, there were about 55% chance to make it. The Penguins now slightly more favored at 60%. Penguins were only 45% as of yesterday. Yeah, well, it makes sense because now the Penguins, they still have one more game to play than the Islanders. The Islanders only have one game left. The most they can finish with, with a win, would be 93 points. The Penguins can finish with 94 or they can finish with 93 if they win and tie or, you know, there's just the Penguins are in control now and the Islanders are not. That's the important thing that happened with the Islanders losing that game. The Panthers also missed an opportunity to clinch because the Panthers win with that Islanders loss would have clinched a wild card spot. But they 
lose in overtime. They don't even get to the shootout. They lose with 21 seconds left in overtime after a bad giveaway. John Tavares on the breakaway put one past Alex Leon. So the Panthers now have 92 points and are one point ahead of the Islanders for that first wild card spot. They should clinch. They're in a better position. What are their chances? It's got to be like 80-something, right? 82%. Yeah, 82%. Yeah, so with one game left, uh, I think they should be in a good position. Now, Buffalo's an interesting candidate here. Buffalo beats the Rangers in a shootout 3-2, to two, keeping their slim playoff hopes alive. They have more games left than anybody that they're chasing. They still have three games left. Whereas everybody else has one, the Penguins have two. So the Sabres actually have the maximum amount of points more than anybody else that they can get if they win out. What's the Buffalo Sabres' chances to make the playoffs? About one in 25, 4%. Oh, really? They got to win and win and win. Yeah, if they win out, they'll finish with 93 points if they win out. So you're saying there's a chance? There is a chance. It's kind of Green Bay Packers-ish where it's like, yeah, it's hard to see it, but then they win. Then they win. Yeah. Then they're one game away. Well, the thing is, is that you so also. So better, money line rollover or uh, futures bet? What are we talking here? I think money line rollover. Do you know why they are the, such small percentage to. Because uh, they're playing the Boston Bruins. They're playing the Devils. Ah. So they're playing the Devils here tonight. New Jersey minus 205. And New Jersey still with, you know, something to play for. They are one point back of Carolina for first place in the Metropolitan Division. So. I don't think New Jersey's just going to roll over here. So a Jersey win over the Sabres would eliminate the Sabres. So that's why they are that 4%. Or, uh, what is it, 4% chance? 4%. Yeah, 4% chance. Uh, let's take a look at what we have going on the schedule tonight as far as the playoff implications are concerned. The Hurricanes will host the Red Wings. Carolina is minus 260, and they are competing with the Devils for that first place. I already told you the Devils uh, favored over the Sabres. You have the – this is – so interesting here. The Maple Leafs and Lightning are playing a game tonight. These two teams will play each other in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. How would you guys treat this game tonight? If so they're you both were, locked into their spot. They're both locked in. The Maple Leafs will have home ice advantage when the series begins next week. What do you do? I'd play every scrub that I've got yep. as many minutes as possible. So you just like you show nothing. Just, just it's don't, like a preseason don't, game don't before a playoff anybody. game. I put a forward in goal. <laughs> <laughs> like don't dress anybody. Just say you know what, uh, Austin Matthews, Tavares, get the night off. Or for the light Stamkos, get the night off. Kucherov, night off. I'll tell get you the what, Zamboni driver. In there. Yeah. If Austin Matthews or Stamkos plays, I'm sending out the goon. See, that's they still I, have goons in honestly, hockey. Breaking laws. Honestly, that's what I would worry about. All it takes is one of these guys to get scrappy after a, a, a stoppage of play. And why wait for the game? Why not meet me him in the, the locker room? Send a message for the playoffs, right? Like I'm gonna, you know, bust somebody up and then, break a spork. Yeah, this is. Uh, those are that was fun. You ever play that game? Sharp. You ever play the game where uh, you would bend the edge of the spork? And then the other person holds out their spork with the spoon fork side, and then you flick the the try and break it, and you go back and forth to see who breaks the spork first. I didn't go we to just played, we played knuckles like yeah I didn't go to school in Rikers Island. Man. <laughs> yeah. I just went to regular school with you know normal. <laughs> you didn't have no sporks. You, already, you didn't have chocolate milk with pizza. <laughs> come on, come on, man. The cookies butter crunch. Yeah, you weren't buying into all that big milk propaganda back then. <laughs> 
come on. If you, if you didn't have milk, your bones are just going to disintegrate. Uh, <laughs> elsewhere, we got some battles in the Western Conference. The Jets will take on the wild Winnipeg uh, in a really good spot here to clinch a playoff spot. They beat, uh, I mean, the, the Predators beat the Flames last night, which eliminated the Calgary Flames. Say it. Eliminated. eliminated the Calgary Flames. The Predators are still technically alive. They have 90 points. They're three points back of Winnipeg. But a Winnipeg win here tonight would clinch the playoffs for the Jets. I actually but then think- Nashville could get Connor Bedard, right? No, they're a long ways away from that. Well, they would have. Is it like a? Do they do a lottery, lottery or is it like yeah, a small? There's chance? a lottery. So you're saying there's a there's chance. There's always a chance. Um, Minnesota's minus 125 in that game against Winnipeg. Now Minnesota is two points back of both Dallas and Colorado in the Central Division for the battle for first place or for home ice advantage in the two three matchup. So you question Minnesota's motivation, but also all. This is an interesting way. Um. I have a I have a cute little bet here. Oh yeah, <laughs> look at it. I think with a tie, Winnipeg, as long as they earn that one point, I think they clinch the playoffs. Are you thinking there's a handshake deal? I'm thinking they went into overtime last night. I'm thinking take a plus money flyer, not Philadelphia Flyers, but a plus money flyer on game to be tied after regulation. How about that? Because they'd still make the playoffs even with a with sure. A, yeah. All the same oat bag. Don't like anybody they, hurt. And if and if they're that's a good Seinfeld reference there, Matt. Right. Good pull. And if they're tied a, at the end of regulation, it's like they play for the they play for overtime. Yeah. They don't they play, they sit back, they try and control the puck. They don't force it to try and get the game winner. They say, Hey, we get this one point. So what kind of what kind of odds are we looking at on that? You know, let's look. Let's take a look. Take a look at the old uh, DK sports book. And we'll go to that game, the Winnipeg Jets. And the Minnesota Wild. And let's see. Game props. No. Uh, first goal, race, winning margin, total goals, shutout. That's not what we want. Tie, no bet. Nope. Here we go. The draw. The 60-minute line draw. Plus 320. I like it. That's a fun one. That's a fun one. I like that. Plus 320 on the draw between the Winnipeg Jets and the Minnesota Wild. Now, that's a sexy bet. Uh, Oilers take on the Avalanche. Right now, the Oilers are two points back of Vegas for first place. Avalanche are tied with Dallas for first place in their division. And uh, the Golden Knights will take on the Kraken. Seattle's got nothing to play for. uh, But VGK can lock up first place with a win in this game. And that will ensure that VGK plays the second wild card, which would be probably the Winnipeg Jets. So, but here's another interesting aspect of this. Let's say the Kraken win this game. Colorado still has a chance to be the number one overall seed in the Western Conference over the Vegas Golden Knights. So Kraken Golden Knights could actually be a first-round playoff matchup. So Seattle, even though they're they're on the second of a back-to-back and they don't really have anything to play for, maybe it's a show-me type of game a pride type of game, or a not-show-you-anything type of game. Yeah, I would really want to beat Seattle. You look at a lot of charts, population growth, real estate growth, Vegas and Seattle won two the last few years. <laughs> if we could get this one, 
It would mean a lot to me personally. Not to mention Seattle, much not higher mention, cost of living now. Listen, exactly. It's a different point. Vegas, of, uh, different Vegas got points. the hockey team first, yeah. and then Seattle got it. People in Seattle are very bitter about that. But also, when the NBA expands, everyone just assumes that Seattle is going to be the first one to get the team. Mm-hmm, not because, LeBron. Are you saying but, we've got a rivalry with Seattle now? But, Hell yeah. If Vegas gets Good. the end, if Vegas gets the first, they don't come in at the same time. Well, if they come in at the same time, they're going to be rivals. But yeah. if Vegas gets a team before Seattle, ooh, that's not gonna that's not gonna sit well up in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, this this rivalry dates back to when Bo Jackson ran over the Boz Raiders over the Seahawks in your face. Yeah, but Raiders were in Oakland back then. Shh. Actually, were they in Shh. LA? Details. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Seattle and Vegas. Vegas is a small 140 favorite in that game tonight. Jump on over to pregame.com and get yourself a daily best bet package or a season-long subscription package, whether it's a NBA playoffs package, a Stanley Cup playoffs package, Major League Baseball through the All-Star break, or Major League Baseball full season. How about an NFL draft package? Yeah, guys, the draft's coming up. Yeah. Very profitable time of year. AJ, you're going to have some draft picks. I'll have some draft picks. Yeah, I'm very selective. Would you trade a draft pick for Aaron Rodgers? Mm -mm. (laughs) Mm, I don't know. Uh, But I've got some good information last year from some contacts, and uh, I knew without doubt that Matt Corral wasn't going to be like a an early second round pick, mm. and we had some some real hammer spots uh, for the NFL draft. And you were not uncertain. I was not uncertain. So uh, it it always feels good when you've got inside information that says this is what NFL teams know that the public doesn't mm-hmm. know, and that kind of information can be super valuable come draft day. So I think there are. If you if you go with the right beat, and Fez has been doing this a long time, Fez has some good connections as well. You you can really make some money on the draft. If you want to take twenty percent off anything at pregame.com, use one of our promo codes Rise Twenty or Shine Twenty. Rise and shine, people. Rise Twenty or Shine Twenty. Going to get you twenty percent off at pregame.com. For Mackenzie Rivers and AJ Hoffman, I'm Scott Sattenberg. We are straight out of Vegas. AM.